Jesse. It's the Goth Mom Podcast. It's full of moms, full of goths. Full of dads. And they made little baby goth moms and dads. And goth babies. Uh, how you doing, honey? We are uh, one episode past your colonoscopy. And That's right. you survived. I survived. Thrived, uh, arguably. Uh, I was such a fucking baby. You could t- I could just see the disgust on the nurses' faces. Just like, ugh, you're a man. Wait, really? Yeah, they were a little, because like, they were like, oh, we could give you some Xanax. Like, don't give me that either. I don't want anything. It's funny that for some for somebody who enjoys his drink, I'm a little terrified of a compulsory changes in consciousness. Yeah. Um, but, like, that's funny because drinking, I don't know. Like, you mean even including Xanax? Yeah. Well, you know what it is? Just I don't. I do not take Xanax often. I don't think I've taken Xanax in years. And I just, I don't like taking anything where I don't know how it's going to affect me. Well, that's what, like, strikes me odd about your drinking habits and sometimes your eating habits is, like, you are also very, I wouldn't say health conscious, but health cognizant. Yeah. And uh, yet you proactively do things against your health. Hey, baby, just because I know it don't mean I have to do it. It's just funny because you always get like hypochondriac and shit. Uh, doesn't that isn't that my personality though? Because we've talked before how I try to eat less meat and I try not to eat certain kinds of meat because I feel bad for the for the cows and the piggies. But then if you put a slice of meat lovers pepperoni, pepperoni and sausage and meatball pizza in front of me, all the thought of those poor helpless animals just goes right down my gullet. Oh, for sure, you have uh, no impulse control, and. Uh, you are very indulgent in your ways, yeah. I would say. Yeah. You do indulge a lot. Um, but yes, yeah, so colonoscopy went... I, col- col- colonoscopy went well up until the last minute. Like, okay, turn on your side. I'm like, oh, God. Oh, God. Oh, so you had to turn on your side before they gave it to you. Yeah, I'm 260 pounds. They don't want to roll me. True. Even if they physically could, they just don't want to. You were so funny when you were coming out of the hospital because it was like you had a swing in your step. Yeah. You were like, I could, I could do anything now. Propofol is the shit. I took a nice... And mi- your mom had said that. Yeah, I took a nice Michael Jackson nap and I woke up. It's like, it's all over. Um, it's all fine. You came in and into the car and kissed me. I mean, you always kiss me when you see me. Yeah. But this was like a, oh, baby, I, I saw the other side and all I could think about was you. And That's right. I've seen the other side and, and there's the nothing to worry about, so let's have fun while we're here. Yeah. Which um, I, I do have a feeling that that is ultimately the truth of the universe. I, I forget who said it, but somebody made the point of like, look, every like great learned person who somehow achieves enlightenment and gets a peek at the other side, they never come back and go, like, panic now, it's going to suck. They always come back like, hey, 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 it's fine. Everything's going to be fine. Unless you're Lindsay Weir's grandmother where you're like, there's nothing, just darkness. Oh, yeah, like nobody's dumb, bitchy (laughs) grandma never ruined it for the rest of it. I was just watching that. If you've never seen the original Freaks and Geeks. As opposed to the new Freaks and Geeks? That's right. No, uh, the, the pilot episode. Mm, okay. Uh, you know, the Judd Apatow classic. But uh, I remember listening to the commentary and the network being like, so let me get this straight. The first episode of your pilot is 
this girl is going through a goth phase because her grandma, dying grandma, said there's no god, only blackness. And you know what? It doesn't really come back around after No, they that. don't bring it back up. They just use that as a catalyst for, like, why she's, uh... Which, you no know, longer a mathlete. I, I suppose that is also a better... Well, you know, it's a more interesting story, but it is also a better intro for a network show than the honest-to-God truth of what usually happens. And maybe... This is gonna sound ignorant, so you can correct me. I always feel like that when a girl takes a bad a, a bad turn, it's because of a boy. Mm, I would disagree with that. Okay. I took a bad turn because of Lisa... Okay. Because she got me into... I mean, we both started, like, going into our punk phase at that point. But, like, she got me into Good Charlotte. Oh, my God. So, the ultimate gateway drug. <laughs> is, is Good Charlotte. Yeah, that's right. The, the, the Joel's free. It's the Benji that's going to cost you. That's the that's the twin when it gets its hooks in you and starts pipping you out. Well, and I like Joel and she likes Benji. What? What's that look? You like Joel? Who I like, did like Joel. Who likes Joel? Ew. <laughs> I don't like him now. It, well, now they're. So that, that was the thing is they started. Uh, that yeah, obviously they Benji were. Benji looked like he was trying too hard. Yeah, I, I like how they both because Joel was more the jockey one, Benji was more the punk one, and then they got older and heavier, and now they're basically the same guy, which twins are supposed to be. Yeah, so. which I didn't realize until you showed me a picture. I still pictured him in like black eyeliner and yeah. spiky hair and shit. I'm like, oh, they do look like twins now. Yeah, no, I always liked Joel because he was more, uh, I don't know, aesthetically pleasing. By the way, I know some people are like, I thought this was the goth mom podcast. You're talking about posers. Guess what? We're all posers at one point or another. Good Charlotte was not considered posers during their first album. It was... No, they were still... They were never, like, true punk. Well, no, they're pop punk. Right. And keep in mind, my, my whole thing is just going... I love that first album, but going back, like, oh, they were... Terrible songwriters. Like half of the songs that are on that album have some v- variety of the phrase of everything. Everything's gonna be all right now. And then the next song, like, and I never said that everything would be okay. Like, guys, find a different fucking expression. Um, don't you know every song on that album on guitar? Yes. That's embarrassing. It's it's easy. It's because I'm awesome. Yeah, that's all right, it. Here, here's a question. Sure. As far if we're talking like legitimacy uh when it comes to your taste in art media music what would you say is the most poser thing you really like and what's the most like legitimate that like the snobbiest of the snob would be like all right that's cool like currently uh currently or even at any point well i because i i mean probably the answer in high school is different than college i mean in the now college i'm not mm. in college now um i have to think on that do you have an example in the meantime yeah I- i've always been interested with the idea of like poserism just because i remember in high school there was a-, a real punk kid he's a fucking lo- you know how i know he's a fucking loser how because he's 37 and he's still trying to be a musician oh yeah and i, I saw i saw of, I, I know a lot of it i saw his spotify playlist and like everything is under a thousand views oh, like no. yeah fuck you bro uh, he gave me shit in high school. Actually, like, one of the few kids, like, legitimately tried to bully me a little bit. Thankfully, I was too big and fat, and I refused to take it. For wearing a newfound glory shirt and a pentagram necklace. Okay. He's like, you listen to pussy shit like that, and then you think you're, like, down with the devil? Like, dude, I'm 15. <laughs> I'm not thoroughly examining <laughs> any of my thoughts here. But I would say my, one of my more poser stuff, 
is I like Newfound Glory. I like Good Charlotte. Uh, I even liked Avril Lavigne, and I would never apologize for that. On the truer side, even back then, I was really into Mr. Bungle, which was, like, weird avant-garde. Right. Like, there's no... There are no fair-weather, like, oh, I like a song or two, Mr. Bungle fans. <laughs> it's, it's six dudes in clown masks making nightmare You've music. You've definitely been playing that. And I've come down and been like, this needs to be turned off. Hell yeah. I, I have described their second album as Disco Volant as so artistically impressive, it's almost unlistenable. Hmm. And that makes a lot of sense. And I've also been, uh, I, I feel like real snobs have turned against Tom Waits, but that used to be like who the hoity toities listened to. You think Newfound Glory is posery? Uh, well, it, here's the thing I was never trying to be. Legit, I never gave a shit about being a real punk. I thought real punks were fucking losers. I was a metal kid. And one of the things that does come with metal is that you want to be good at your instrument. I wouldn't consider Newfound Glory to be real punk. Well, no, no, no. I'm, I'm saying that was a band I legitimately liked no matter what. And even though I hung out in some, like, punk circles, that's something that would have had me made fun. There's no, like, tr- particularly back then, there was no, like, true hardcore like pop punk elitist pop punk was the the shitty thing of punk mm. this is hard like i feel like i gotta like look in my oh here we go punk mix by spotify yeah. like like uh, I, like this morning i was listening to uh roxy music roxy music is a very snobby like people who like roxy music tend to be like you know i listen to i only listen to the smith's demos like those people yeah it's hard to like but, uh, you and I both like the first B-52s album. That's, oh, I love that album. Yeah, that, that's pretty legit. If you're into, uh, yeah, like early B-52s, like the album, nobody, you know, nobody's going to pat you on the back for liking Rock Lobster, but the fact that like you and I blast dance this mess around all the time. I mean, I guess us. Posery would be Paramore. Yeah. Is that posery? I would say that's posery. I would say, like, I love Blink, but I would say they're too, like, beloved by, like, across the board to, like, consider that posery. Oh, God. So, all right, here's a fun story. Um, there's, I'm, I'm, I'm going to, uh, actually, I don't need to actually say that part. So, I was hanging out with, uh, some punk people in my early 20s because one of the guys in the scene was producing an album I was working on. So me and my band were involved, even though we weren't like true. We were we were older than everybody by like seven years, but they had a band called the Skullfucks, which uh, big Gigi Allen fans. And I remember they had a show where they were opening for Joe Jack Talcum of uh, the Dead Milkmen, and they have an entire song that's just like basically like Blink One Eighty Two and pop punk guys. They're you know the other f word. That was I was just going to say and like I don't need to say that. Right. The gay slur f word. And they're just like doing this song because like yeah we're real punks and those guys are homos. Blah, blah. Meanwhile they're opening for a hero of all of them, Joe Jack Talcum from the Dead Milkmen, very out of the closet gay guy, and just like not looking at that, not examining that in any way. And honestly, if you're a fucking gutter punk getting stick and poke tattoos and sniffing glue in a basement, what did Blink-180 do ever do to you? Okay, so, like, the hard thing with this question with, like, snobbery versus poser, like, it's pretty hard to be snobby when it comes to, like, pop punk in general. Right. Because, like, I was like, well, I like the the Wonder Years, but and that feels a little more 
uppity, but like <coughs> it's not like the Wonder Years are like curing I, cancer. Or you know, anything. I, I, I feel like pop punk itself is a pretty bad example, just because you know would be okay, a be- you know would be a better this? example when when somebody's like, oh, I'm into emo, and like, oh, what do you like? And they're like, oh, I like you know My Chemical Romance. They're like, no, emo is only 1985 Midwest Rites of Spring, like those fucking idiots. Okay, well, how about like different genre, um, but. Uh, poser. Um, I like. I'm trying to think. Uh, like Lincoln Park. Mm-hmm. But snobby. I like Deftones. Deftones grew into that. That's that's happened to a lot. Like how a lot of people are like reexamining Limp Biscuit now. And Limp Biscuit, which they shouldn't. No, they shouldn't. It's. It, it, the, the, <laughs> I almost said Limp Biscuit as my. The, the first album poser. is the only thing you can defend. But uh, I'm trying to think what would be a good example. Like, but, like, no, I feel like Deftones, mainly not even because it's, like, ew, but, like, I like a lot of the under, like, the, uh, like, B-side, quote-unquote. Yeah, things. they've they've built a really good repertoire of albums, and they also, uh, I felt like they were one of those bands, they were similar to System of a Down in that they weren't exactly new metal but they had just enough in common and they were taking place simultaneously yeah that they get lumped in i mean well for one thing the simple fact that deftones were bringing in an entirely different ethnic thing by having a big uh chinese and latino background to themselves Mm. as people whereas opposed i mean obviously there are uh two asian people in lincoln park which they used I think they use more in their early iconography. If you remember the One Step Closer video, they have, like, ninjas and shit mm-hmm. like that. But, like, new Metal was so specifically, like, angry white boy music that I think it stands out that System of a Down, Armenian, and then those other bands, those are the ones that really stand head and shoulders I now guess, that's like, all done. I guess, depending who you're talking to, Linkin Park can be considered snobby, too. Uh, they, I think they, they were too mainstream popular for the entirety of their existence. Okay, here's another one for me that would be good. Okay, Poser, like, before he got canceled, and seriously, fuck this guy, uh, but Marilyn Manson, mm. snobby, Nine Inch Nails. Again, still too mainstream. I would think, like, Nine Inch Nails, you'd have to be into, like... Oh, so you're talking about, like... Okay, they can't be mainstream. Yeah, like they can't be mainstream. Like, for okay. you, like if you if you were but to look for like a snobby thing, I would be like, if you were to say you were into Skinny Puppy or Sisters okay. of Mercy, that's different because to me, snobby is like I'm elitist, and I feel like people have a holier than thou attitude who listen to Nine Inch well, but, Nails. But that's uh, do they? For Again, sure. Th- that's where it gets weird for me. I mean, I, I remember all right, as somebody who has never always enjoyed them, but I wasn't like a fan fan. Like, when I heard they were releasing the Ghost series, like, they just released four albums of all instrumental shit, and, like, that's fucking weird. Okay, so I'll do po- p- uh, punk. Okay. Okay. Poser against me. Snobby okay. Ruiner. Okay. And I think even against me, see, that's a great example of the Poser uh, snobby hierarchy because they started as a band that people were very snobby about and then as they you know explored their musicality those people grew to you know like i don't like them and what i find hilarious is they all came after uh lara jane grace for being a sellout and shitting on them and throwing shit at her at shows and then when she came out as transgender they were like (laughs) 
oh, we didn't know. You're actually punk after all. Like, no, fuck you. You were a fucking asshole. Yeah. You were a fucking asshole, and this person did so like you didn't change your opinion your their your opinion now is just it's not that you were an asshole it's that being transgender makes up for you being a sellout dude fuck you all right this is this is my hot take i've had a million times anytime i hear some fucking punk rock fan be like you know it's always been queer people of color who were pushing the scene no 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 okay maybe it became included at some point Punk rock is for angry suburban idiots. White or, men. Or the early ones, even that fucking Soho asshole stuck ups like fucking Blondie and David Byrne with the talking heads. That's what the, even the artsy side of punk, fucking junky assholes like Lou Reed. Get the fuck out of here because there was one punk band in DC. Before the bad brains, like, actually, they were the building blocks. Go fuck yourself, all right? You like shitty white music? Stewing it. This has been the Jesse Dram rant corner. So, would another one be, like, Poser, Bikini Kill, but, like... Bikini Kill is not Poser. At all? At all. They they, they never got big enough, and their politics were always too divisive. Okay, well, my snobby was Bratmobile. (laughs) Okay, but but yeah, I would say, yeah, I would say any Bikini Kill, just because they were too divisive and hardline. There's no fair-weather Bikini Kill fans. True. There might have been some people like, I like I like the song, but I don't know. I think feminism... I, I like when boys pay for my dinners. I do feel like you're <laughs> changing your um, definition of snobby with each example, though. Well, it changes depending. <laughs> well, no, where you're like, uh, like, fair... Like, if we're talking about fair weather... Fair weather's probably not the term. That's, uh... I'm just saying, like, okay, as opposed to, and this sounds like more changing the topic again, but, like, there are, peop- there are people who are into Rage Against the Machine who completely ignore the political aspect of it. We've seen right. that recently with a bunch of right-wing, right-wing fucking people, morons. Yeah. Like, keep your politics out of rock, Tom Morello. So, like, okay, how about The Cure and then, like, Susie and the Banshees? Susie and the Banshees is definitely more snobby. Um... I would say the cure ne- never got big enough. They they dipped their head into the mainstream, but like, all right, let me put it this way. I feel like for our generation, though, for our generation. But I'm I, I I'm trying to look at all these people like. But to me, there are people who like a couple of Cure songs, but don't really know them. You have to kind of know Susie and the Manchies if you listen right, to them. Right. This is the way I would put like it. everyone knows Friday I'm in Love. This is the way I would put it. A a cheerleader high school girl in the early nineties would probably like Friday I'm in Love might like Love Song they're not gonna like anything by Susie and the Banshee right exactly okay and, that, and like I said that's where kind of the mainstream thing comes in where I'm trying to look at it I'll give you another example from those stupid punk rock kids in that basement club I hung out in my band played there and uh, again we weren't a punk band but we played like weird enough stuff they were into it we announced we were going to do a cover song. We were going to do a skate punk classic, and the mm-hmm. kids got all excited. And then we played "Skater Boy" by Avril Lavigne, mm-hmm. and these kids are so up their so so up their own asses. They that couldn't they were, even like take the joke. They were mad about it. Yeah, they were mad. They booed, oh and then God. I mentioned on the mic, like, guys, I look at this crowd. You're all five, six years younger than me. Half of you got into your hardcore. Half what of year you, was this? This was 2012. 
So you should have definitely been able to enjoy Avril unapologetically uh, by that point. No, they were still too much rebellion. Uh, That's the, my point. It's not yeah. like it was like 2012, 2002 and everyone's like, oh, the fuck. No. Yeah. All these kids want to pretend like they fell out of the womb and the first music they heard was like a seven inch Gigi Allen and the Jabbers. Like, dude, you liked Blink-182 and Avril Lavigne and then you followed it into heavier shit. It happened to we all, all have of a us. Gateway. It's fine. I've talked before, I got into corn. And I follow that in heavier music, and then all my friends just listen to DMX. There is a hilarious sketch in Portlandia that's, like, about introducing your kids to, like, normal music and not, like, kid music. And they're like, yeah, like, why can't they enjoy, like, a guitar solo in Dinosaur Jr.? And, like, <laughs> I feel like that's how we're going to be with our kid. Which is funny, because I found out uh, the lead singer of the Presidents of the United States of America now writes and records children's music. Oh, yeah, didn't your cousin tell us Yeah, that? Frank told me that. Which is funny because I would say, okay, uh, President of the United States of America, if you like the second album, that's pretty snobby. Like, they okay. were they were a band that, like, broke out and everybody likes, you know, Peaches and Lump. But, like, right. if you get into the albums, that's pretty fucking hard. Yeah, I never really got into them as a band. Oh, that first album is so good. Second album's okay. Okay. Um, where's Real Big Fish land in this? I don't know. I don't know what the modern zeitgeist is because I feel like Finn McKinty has poisoned the waters with all of his anti. <laughs> he is very anti ska punk. Anti ska. I always liked Real Big Fish, but uh, I love Real Big Fish. They're fun. Yeah, ska is a hard. Have you seen them live? Yeah, I've seen okay. them at least once. Um, ska is a hard genre to parse just because it is really dorky. It's the it's the only fucking genre. That the fucking school band kids can just saunter. Yeah, I was into gonna say it's like nothing. the musician genre. Yeah, with their fucking horn line. It is pretty cool though. <coughs> I've always liked ska. Yeah, me too. Um, I told you like my family and I would see the English beat. Yeah, and, a lot. I'm one of the few people that unapologetically still th- see. This is one where it goes from posery. It and goes there. It, it does. <laughs> Um, where it goes from posery and eventually becomes snobby. I love the mid-90s swing revival. Yeah, which, you do. Which, which came out of those ska bands because they just like started experimenting a little more like, well, we have a few horns. Why not do it a little better? Why not start a Zoot Suit I Riot? I can't think of that many of There those. weren't that many. Like there was Cherry, Cherry Pop and Daddies. And then there was the squirrel nut zippers. Yeah, but that wasn't that was in nineties. I think they came out in the seventies. Squirrel nut zippers are not. Wait, really? I think I always thought they were because Jim had them. Um, I feel like Mighty Mighty Ballstones was kind of in there. No, that's more. I know. I I no. I I I know it's Scott. You know what? You know what? Honestly, made the difference for a lot of these bands is if you wore a suit on stage and it was nineteen ninety eight, it felt like. Swing Revival. 1993. I probably always yeah. thought that they were the 70s. Oh, Chapel Hill. Because Jim had the, that album. Hmm. Um, I'm going to look up Swing Revival bands. Yeah, I don't think there were many. Uh, and then uh, that, that song, Jump, Jump, Jive, and Whale. That's right. Came, Brian Setzer Orchestra. But that was older, right? No, no, no. He'd been in the Stray Cats, which is more rockabilly. Jump, Jive, and Whale was like mid '90s. Wait, the Stray Cats that do the the Stray Cat strut? Yes, but they were the '80s. Brian Setzer, <laughs> Brian Setzer was in there, and then he, Brian Setzer went solo. Well, I didn't know that. Yeah, see, Squirrel Nut Zippers, Big Bad Voodoo Daddy, Royal Crown Review, 
Cherry Pop and Daddies. I and fucking love the Stray Cat Strut. I don't recognize any, any of the, these. The, the Atomic, Atomic Fireballs. Fireballs. That's like a hat on top of a hat. Uh, wait, what was that one band? The Explanation. Those are the Planet Smashers. That's a. What are they? They're ska. Okay. Yeah. Well, I was like. I don't get it. It must be a scientific explanation. explanation. Do you remember Rush? I think that song, and oh, I yeah. like ended up getting it. Scott like, Mom, probably. Oh yeah, Scott I, Mom. Yeah. I, I love nothing more than when Perry only remembers a little bit of a song. She's like, "Fuck, how does that song go?" And like, "Oh, I know it, but I'm not going to tell you." I got there. Break me off a piece of that Chrysler car. I got there. Yeah. Diaper cream. Okay, what's the deal with that scene with Andy? Do you think that he didn't remember it, or do you think he was really just trying to get everyone to, like... I think he didn't remember it. Really? Yeah, yeah you know, I, I, no, it's because of how he reacts to Jim. When Jim goes, like, nobody tell him. He's like, why would you say that? <laughs> That's ridiculous. Jim was an asshole. Jim was an asshole. Yeah, looking back We don't now, talk about it enough. Dwight was just a poor autistic Amish boy that Jim just had to Nah, Dwight was an asshole too. Yeah, a lot of them are. They don't know <laughs> they don't know how the world works. I'm just saying that doesn't excuse it. I forget who told me that. Somebody told me that like you you need to be a jerk to autistic people to get along with them. Just be like, but dude, I don't care what you're talking about. Stop. <laughs> and they're just like, Oh, okay. Is that how you deal with my dad? Yes. <laughs> I don't care. No, that's not how that works, David. Oh Stop. Oh, my God. Oh, okay. Yeah. Like, he only listens to you. He doesn't listen to me. It's very annoying. It's because he, he respects the patriarchy. Yeah, that's it. As men, we must keep the patriarchy. Yeah, that's why he has so many men in his life. <laughs> Ugh. Um, yeah. But, uh, I don't know. Have you got anything else to say? I'm trying to think of other poser stuff. I mean... I mean, Avril Lavigne was the... I feel like I remember that term starting around. Man. I mean, I know it was around a lot longer, but that's when people started using it a lot. The fact that there were two Canadian rock stars of the 2000s and Avril Lavigne married both of them. I started wearing ties, like, literally right before Avril Lavigne came out, and then it was like, fuck. Oh, yeah, I loved a good tie over a t-shirt. You kidding me? Yeah. Yeah, that was... I stole uh, all Jim's ties. Oh, God. So, you... um. Recently on the KYG Y2K podcast uh, on YouTube, which you won't be able to get this because we need to edit all of it. We did an episode on TRL and one of the things we went through was like a bunch of bad fashion choices from it. Man, midriff was so in back then. I mean, I still do a lot of midriff. But, but here's the thing. It was the midriff and the low the rise The low jeans. rise, yeah. So you're literally getting like the bottom of the decolletage to like the top of the pubis. It's such a weird That's look. true. I do high rise jeans with them and they're pretty um, covering otherwise. They're not like very exposing. But should I uh, start the tie fashion again? I think I should. Bringing it back. Bringing it back. Yeah, taking it back. The tie and the side, um, slightly to the side baseball cap. Uh, that was like the Von Dutch thing. Uh, that I, I wasn't. No, Skaters did it too. Uh, skaters. I... Don't you remember Avril in Skater Boy? I do remember that. Which, do you recall she wrote that song with Derek Wibley? Like, they didn't. They didn't. I was going to say, I don't think she did. No, that was some. That was like the urban myth similar to uh, 
Did you hear they canceled SpongeBob because a simple boy wandered oh, into the ocean looking for SpongeBob? Did you just call him a simple boy? I'm not allowed to say the other word. But, but simple? That's like, <laughs> that's weird too. I don't know. The enlightened, that, that doesn't make sense. The, the touched boy. I always, oh my God, I, 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 I always like that term when they said somebody was like touched. Like, oh, they're touched by the angels. Like, what the fuck does that mean? Like, the kid was totally fine and then just like a fucking renegade angel winged him and gave him brain damage and now he's Only you nine and would, can't talk. you would think about this. Yeah, that's how my brain works. What the fuck was I talking about before this? Oh, um, yeah, no, the, the urban legend was that Skater Boy was, uh, she wrote that song with Derek Wibley about some 41 about a girl he used to know. Mm. And I, don't I didn't think, think they were like like in each other's lives by that point. No. That was no, pretty early not. on. And then she dated Chad Kroger. Married. Married. Yeah. Wait, so who were the two guys she was with? Derek Wibley from P- some 41. Was it Pierre from Simple Plan? No, Chad Kroger. Did she date Pierre from Simple Plan? No, you said two pop punk. I didn't say pop punk. I said there were two Canadian rock stars and oh. she married both of them. She should have been with Pierre by that mindset. Who's she with now? I'm going to look that up. You yeah. you vamp while I look that up. I don't want to vamp. Um, Promote my show. So is today, up. no, I'm not promoting. You do enough of that. Um, oh my god, she looks horrible there. That's a bad. Fo- oh wait, actually, if I recall correctly, she's dating like a 23 year old modern pop punk guy. I think you, it, she's dating Young Son or something. You go, girl. Who's Young Son? That's his I think name? I think he's British. That's his name. That's his fucking bad... Wait, mod son? Young son. Okay, relationships. Uh, Derek Wibley. She started dating the Hills star Brody Jenner. Is he of the Jenners Jenners? I don't... Yeah, I think so. Really? Hold on. Brody Jenner. Uh, relatives. Yeah. Oh, yeah, okay, okay. Son of Caitlin. She, she said, um, Caitlin unsure. And <laughs> All right, married Chad Kroger. Yep. We know all that up. shit. Yeah. She began dating billionaire Philip Seraphim. Damn, I always, she should have no, stuck with him. I always thought that was weird when that happened, celebrity-wise. Like, all of a sudden, the uh, also on the TRL episode, we talked about... Oh, she had Lyme disease. Yeah. We talked about the weirdness of that, like, the Olsen twins, they're gonna turn 18 countdown. Mm-hmm. And, and like That was it, weird. It's that they dated one celebrity, the, uh, the one dated Heath Ledger, supposedly. Right. And then after that, they just dated, like, Weirdos. fucking royalty and kajillionaires. Wait, Levine has been referred to as a vegan or a vegetarian. Like, who's referring to her as that? Like, that is so weird. Uh, so she began dating Mod Son. Oh, he's he's younger than I thought. Mod He's younger than you thought? Older. I mean, he's, he's older. Oh, he's 35. Yeah, I didn't know that i thought he was one of these young maybe because he was called you thought he was called young son oh Oh, she he's only three years younger than her okay wow avril lavigne is only two years older than you don't you feel dumb yeah she was fucking rocking out on mtv while i was scared of my rocking on mtv i was barely touching boob (laughs) um you think she was touching boob probably not she didn't really lean into the bisexual thing. No, I'm sure. she seems pretty straight. Hot on. To be honest. No, I don't even mean straight like in a sexuality way. I mean like straight like she seems like I can't even rem- I can't even remember the last time I met a strictly heterosexual woman. Um, it's really? Yeah. I'm sure you know a lot of heterosexual women. Most of my friends are heterosexual. There, Avril Lavigne grabbing a boob right there. Okay. Done. Most of my friends are not, are straight. Yeah, I don't know. I can't say if she identifies as, uh, 
thing. I don't know. I'm seeing. I'm seeing. I'm seeing. She identifies as thing. I'm seeing a lot of posts of women saying they realized they were bisexual because of Avril Lavigne. Posers. That's right. Um. Yeah. No, I I feel like you know a lot of straight women. No, there's no such thing. They're all bisexual now. Sure. That's the hotness. I mean, that's always been my uh, theory. Is like there's. Oh god, look at this hot mess. There is seven. No, we we love Britney. You just stopped on a greasy eyed Britney Spears. We 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 do not bad mouth Britney. You stop that right now on my podcast. Do not go further. (laughs) Do not go further. Okay. Britney is queen. Um. Man, you cut me off. I forget what I was going to say. Whatever. We no were talking cared. about there's no heterosexual women left. Oh, I have a theory that, like, there's 7 billion people in the world. Like, there's got to be one person of the sex you're not normally attracted to that you would find attractive. You might never meet them. Mm. But I really doubt that there isn't one, like, man that you wouldn't be attracted to among 7 billion people. All right. So you're saying not only is sexuality a spectrum, but it's a spectrum in relation to how much you, how well you socialize. Yes, exactly. Like, same with gay people. Like, Mm -hmm. I I think, like, a gay man would find a woman he was attracted to. He might never meet her, but just, yeah. You know what's funny? That's my theory. I've never... I, I've seen men, I've been like, that is a handsome man. I've never been like, I wish that man would kiss me. I, I had like, but you, you know, might. I, I wish they would pay attention to me, maybe. <laughs> the only... Because you had a crush. Well, here, here's the fucked up thing. The only instinct I've ever felt of, like, fucking a man was a guy I was fighting with, and I really had, like, that mammalian, like, I just need to, like, hold him down and hump him. Like, fucking prison. It was a weird sensation. Wait, you said you have had that? I, 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 this one particular person, I wanted to, like, punish. (laughs) Oh my god. Yeah. Can you tell me off mic? Um, yeah, yeah, no, I could tell you. It was... Don't say it on my book. Okay. I mean, unless you want to. You want to out yourself? Go ahead. This was somebody who was a love rival. With another woman, and this person was in the process oh, it was of a, transitioning. Okay, okay, I know who you're talking about. You wanted to fuck him? It, it, it wasn't any kind of attraction, <laughs> and they weren't even, like, partially into the thing, <laughs> into the transition, but because we were so back and forth fighting over a woman... You were just like, I just want to fuck There you. was just... A, they, <laughs> there was some, like, daydream fantasy of just, like, I'm going to get him in a fucking arm bar, and I'm going to humble him. Her, like I said, this is—I'm I, I, not trying to misgender. Oh I'm giving my opinions at the time, and on top of that, I haven't seen this person since. Oh my god, that's crazy! Yeah, it's a—it's that fucking mammal thing. If there's somebody you need to fucking dominate, like I don't need to penetrate. I just need to fucking hold you down and show you who's boss. Oh my god! Wow. <laughs> I'm going to go pee in the corner now. I didn't know you just had as, this. Just as an underline. I didn't know you had this in you. I didn't know I had, It was a weird feeling. Apollo's like, oh, I'm so glad Apollo's out and about. He had a vet appointment today, and he did not like daddy trying to uh, put him in, in his place. Yep, so I had to hump him and uh, <laughs> humble him. <laughs> no, mommy, mama got him in very easily. Mama has a soft touch. I do. <laughs> okay, well, now that I've revealed this horrible shit. <laughs> yeah, let's end on that uh, note. K-Y-G-Y-2-K, y'all. We're, <laughs> we're talking TRL. Go check it <laughs> Oh, my God. You better start promoting my podcast on your show. For I do that. promote your podcast. Do you? Yeah. 
on the actual YouTube? Just go to show you're not fucking watching. No, I'm not. They're very long. They are very long. We're going in depth. People need to know about the undelivered to, promise I, of Carson Daly. Honey, I love you. I don't need to watch you and Joey. You I watch some of, of it. You get a lot yeah, of I me. do get a lot of you. It was way more fun listening to you when I didn't live with you. Mm. And then I would listen to your podcast. That's right. But now I'm good. You tell me when it's worthwhile. So, um, all right, Gothlings, have a lovely day. This has been a weird one. Don't tell anybody what I said. <laughs> tell everyone you but know. But share, like, and subscribe. Just don't specify yes, share, like, this and part. subscribe. Bye. <laughs>